Tell them outside to come on in if they're out there fellowshipping. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I sure do appreciate the Lord, how good he is to us. So undeserving. We was talking about it in Sunday school. Brother Frank Phillips said, used to say, he said, I'm a big zero with the rim kicked off. Once we realize that we're nothing without God, I believe we'll, we'll be all right. Pastor saying, hold on a minute. <laughs> Uh-oh. I hope there's nothing terrible. Don't worry. There's enough, there's enough uh, firepower around here. Don't be worried about too much. <laughs> Anybody got anything on their heart? Like to stand up and testify or say anything? God, show! Oh, here it comes! Here it comes! Here it comes! Yeah, this is a big blessing. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Everybody, stand up, please. Glory to God! Hallelujah! Some of you might not know, but Roger's sister's been out a long time. It's good to have her back with us today. Glory to God. Ain't God good? God is good. Praise God. Hallelujah. Woo, I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> Good to see you too, Brother Kenny. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is good. It's been a long time. Praise God. Uh, well, somebody help me here. Go ahead, brother. Amen, brother. Yes. The doctor said there's no what? Yeah. There she is. That's exactly right.
Well, we'll just get on with it. Have we got any birthdays or anniversaries you'd like for us to sing to you? Amen. Let's all st stand sing happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to Okay, youngins, and anybody else who's got a Bible verse, come on up. Anybody got a Bible verse? Come on, youngins. Adults. Anybody else? Thank you, brother. Bless the Lord. Hold not thy peace, O God of my race. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. And my spirit rejoiced in God, my Savior. And God, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Amen. We'll ask the ushers to come forward. Everybody stand that can, and we'll, we'll take up the morning offer. Brother Gabe to ask the blessing on the offering. Bless choir to come on. Our Father, Lord, thank you, God, for this opportunity to bow our head for prayer. Oh, you're a good God. I want you to know, Lord, as your people, we just praise you, honor you, and glorify you this morning for your greatness. 
For just a moment this morning, we want to sing to you, Lord. We're not singing for anybody here. We just want to sing to you. We pray that you'd receive our songs. Lord, help us to worship you today because truly you're a God worthy of our worship. We'll praise your holy name for all you do in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I once was sad and lonely, I felt so all alone, until I asked the Lord to take control. He came to me and answered and said that I was free. He cleansed my heart and then he blessed my soul.
receive our building fund offering I just say glory to God it's good to be at church today amen Amen. I'm glad I didn't miss today I wouldn't have missed seeing Helen come through them back doors for a million dollars I mean that for a million dollars I would not have missed that and uh, we're so glad she's here today you pass pass the plate and uh, you give who's taking the offering for me Billy somebody help Billy and uh, you give. We got a playground to build this winter and a bathroom to finish and a few things like that. So we'll be doing that with that building fund money. Amen. These young people are going to sing a couple. You can be seated. Anybody got a word of testimony on your heart or anything that you need to say or do this morning before those young people testify? Anybody? Amen. A lot of folks that are had a long weekend, so they took a trip here and yon, but I'm glad to be here today. Amen. Several out, but aren't you glad you're here? Amen. These young people are going to sing. You pray.
I don't care how bad your week's been. I don't care how tough you've had. If you're here this morning, you're saved by the grace of God, you don't have to die and go to hell. God's been good to you. Even if you're here and you're lost, God allowed you to get to church on a Sunday morning. God's been good to you. I want to sing that just a little bit more of that just because I'm thrown out of my frame. I can't preach this yet anyhow. I'm telling you, God's been good in my life. We serve a good God. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise today. I say glory to God. Hey, go son. got a word of testimony on your heart or anything that you need to say or do? Amen. Anybody else? Amen, Miss Helen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to try to preach. Because Miss Helen, I visited with her there Friday, and she said, I'm coming to church Sunday. You better preach hard. And I was about to get too wound up to preach, and I remembered that, and I thought, no, i got to get settled down right here so I can preach a little. Ruth chapter number one. 
I've been preaching through the Old Testament and just looking for Jesus. We've been finding him on every page. <laughs> what a Savior. Well, the book of Ruth, that's uh, what the preacher would, preachers would call, that's a layup. I mean, that's easy, find Jesus in Ruth. <laughs> he's, he's never phrased in Ruth. Now, it came to pass, verse 1, the days when the judges ruled, that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn the country Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the names of his wife, his name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons, Malion and Chilion, Euphrates of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. She was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpha and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malion and Chilion died, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons. The woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country Moab. For she had heard in the country Moab how that the Lord had visited his people and given them bread. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name that you'd help us this morning to preach the word of God. Lord, I pray that everything that'd be done and everything that'd be said would be to your honor and to your glory. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to us and through us in these days. God, do that as only you can. God, do a work in our hearts this morning. We'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' name we make our prayer. And through his blood we pray. Amen and amen. I just lay a little groundwork. Sometimes I'm afraid that uh, we assume that uh, stories like this, everybody knows the story, but I'm reminded a lot of times uh, people are new to church or not been saved long. They don't know a lot of these stories that we take for granted, a lot of these accounts of the Bible. So we want to pick up our reading or talk about our story this morning, lay a little groundwork, and then I'm going to preach uh, what the Lord had laid on her heart. We find in this story a man by the name of Elimelech. He's living in Bethlehem. That is uh, the house of bread uh, is the place where uh, God no doubt intended for him to raise his family uh, but a little, uh, a little famine raises up. When the famine comes up, uh, Elimelech takes his wife Naomi uh, and they move down to a place called Moab. Now Moab is also known in the Bible as God's washpot. Certainly it was not God's will uh, for Elimelech to be down at Moab. Uh, but they go down there and they have two sons, Malion and Chilion. Uh, they marry two women, Ruth and Orpha, and uh, they begin a family. Well, things don't go very well. Elimelech uh, dies in the, in the process of time. Elimelech dies, uh, and then Malion and Chilion die. Uh, and uh, we find that Naomi is left uh, 
down there in Moab, God's, God's wash pod. Uh, she doesn't have any sons. Uh, she doesn't have a husband. Uh, all she has is two daughters-in-law. Uh, now you've got to be, you've got to remember that in these times uh, there wasn't a good way for women to make a living. Uh, they had lost their livelihood. Uh, they were living in a foreign country. Uh, they didn't have any family they could fall back on. Uh, and it was very destitute. Uh, uh, their condition was not good. Uh, but one day... Uh, there came word, amen, from Bethlehem. And some good news reached Moab that God had visited his people in giving them bread. Can I say thank God? I'm glad I remember the day when the good news reached Pensacola, North Carolina. Amen. Aren't you glad? Thank God for when the good news reached wherever it was that you were. Aren't you glad one day, my friend, when you were destitute and lost, a hell-deserving sinner, aren't you glad that one day the good news reached where you were? Aren't you glad that somebody with a message came where you were at? Amen. I thank God for the day that the good news reached my country. I preach a little while this morning if the Lord will help us on when the good news came to Moab. The good news, when the good news came to Moab. I say to you today, we live in a time of a constant news cycle and it's constantly bad news. My friend, inflation is up and the, the, uh, and the bank account's down, uh, and the, the disease is raging, and all those things. Uh, but I'm glad to report to you this morning, it's not all bad news. Uh, you see, I still got a copy of that book. Uh, and in that book, it tells me of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm going to say that's good news in a bad news world. Amen. Uh, I'm glad to report to you this morning that one day uh, the good news came to where I was uh, and even better than that uh, the good news is coming to where you're at today amen uh, thank God for good news uh, I'm glad the good news is still available uh, I'm glad the good news uh, is still being preached uh, I'm glad the good news still stirs my heart uh, I'm glad the good news still saves mankind Hallelujah. Thank God for the good news. Talk to you just a little bit about this good news. We see first of all its reception. Before the good news will ever do anybody any good in your life, it must first be believed. When this news came to, uh, came to Moab and came to Naomi, uh, she could have said, I don't believe it. Uh, there's no way. Uh, uh, it's beyond belief. Uh, uh, but you see, she received, uh, amen, the good news. Uh, we call that faith, amen. Uh, 
I began to think about it. And you'll just have to, uh, you'll have to excuse me. You know, I got an active imagination. Uh, I just wonder, Brother Marvin, how it was uh, that the good news from uh, Bethlehem uh, ended up down at Moab. Uh, I just got to thinking about that. Uh, I wonder how, well, it had to be a messenger. Uh, somebody had good news. Uh, amen. Uh, oh, my. And he, 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 he struck out one day from Bethlehem uh, uh, with the good news. Uh, and he headed out down there toward Moab. I'm glad, thank God, for the preacher. You say that's easy for you to say you are one. I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about I'm glad one day there was a man that had a message. Had the, hey man had the good news. And he brought that and he was faithful. And he brought that message down there where I was. Hey man, hallelujah. There was a messenger. Now I know a few things about him. Number one, I know he was humble because the Bible doesn't even say who it was. Amen. I'm going to tell you, sometimes preachers get too caught up on making a name for themselves uh, instead of making a name for the Lord. Amen. Here was a messenger. Uh, he didn't care if he was on the revival flyers. Uh, he didn't care if everybody knew his name. Uh, he didn't care if he made the sword of the Lord. Uh, he had good news. Uh, amen. Uh, there's bread in Bethlehem. Uh, and I see him take that news and he strikes out. Uh, and he says, hey, I'm going to spread the news. Uh, there's good, hey, there's bread in Bethlehem. Uh, and he didn't care if he made a name for himself. Uh, he just wanted to tell others that they bred in Bethlehem. Now watch this. Not only was he humble, but he was thorough. Somehow the news made it to three little old widow women stuck down there in the house in the middle of nowhere. They'd have been the last ones you'd have thought that have got the news. I mean, they're not up in the high ups of society. They're not up in the, they're not up in the upper echelon. They're nobody and nothing. But thank God I'm glad that's just who the good news is interested in. I don't know about you, but I'm glad uh, that the good news comes uh, out of the low uh, and to the nobodies uh, and to the nothings. Amen. Uh, and it reaches to every corner of the globe. Now stay with me. There's going to be there's two pictures here. There's a picture of a backslidden a backslidden uh, a backslidden saint in and or excuse me in Naomi, but then there's also a picture of a lost sinner uh, in Ruth. But you know what you'll find is the same message worked for both people. Amen. That's God right there, honey. God will move close to the backslidden and he'll save the lost with the same message of the good news. Hallelujah. So we see there is, there's the messenger. But then what was the message? The message was that there is bread. Can I remind you this morning that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. But it wasn't just this, it wasn't just there is bread. But here's the message it was that there is bread and the bread is free. Amen. Hey, here was how the message came that the Lord had blessed his people in giving them bread. He didn't say in selling them bread, in charging them for bread, but the message was that God had freely given hey, the bread down at Bethlehem. Aren't you glad this morning for the message of the bread of life? It's free, it's free, it's free. Hallelujah. We see that the message came 
It was bread and it was free. And I say to you that the bread of life was given at Bethlehem. The bread of life was broken at Calvary. And then the bread of life began to be passed out at Pentecost. And it's been passed out ever since. Amen. You know what I'm doing this morning? I I got up behind that. Amen. Got up behind this pulpit with a fresh loaf of bread. Amen. My job, hallelujah, as a preacher, just to pass the bread out. Amen. It's free bread, free bread, free bread. That's the message this morning. There's free bread for everybody, all that want it. He doesn't make any charge. He said, I am the bread of life. Free bread, free bread. Now watch this. We see in these, we see in this story, first of all, we see that it was a received message. We see the reception. But then I want you to notice the reaction to it. You know what Naomi said when she heard this bread? She said, I believe I'll go back home and eat at Father's. You said, that's the prodigal son. Hey, I believe it applies right here. She said, that sounds like home to me. Whoa, it did a work in her heart. It gave her a longing. And she quit what she's doing. She turned from what she'd been involved in. And she started putting one foot in front of the other and started heading home. Oh, I remember the times I've heard the good news. And it's caused me to want to turn around and put one foot in front of the other and start heading. Well, I'm about to run and shout and start heading back toward home. Here's an old backslidden saint out of the will of God. Amen. But the good news of bread has turned her again toward the house. How many times have you gotten in sin and some preacher get up and preach on Calvary and the good news of you didn't need to get saved again but you needed to turn around and the good news of Calvary got you to put one foot in front of another and heading back home. But there was two with her, both of these pictures of lost women, Orpha and Ruth. They didn't know anything about God. They were from Moab. They'd never lived in Bethlehem. But they said, oh, tell us what's going on. She said, back at the home country, there's good news. There's bread. Amen. And that same message that turned that backslidden saint around was going to turn one to Christ that never had. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we see that Ruth, uh, she's going to follow Naomi and she's going to be redeemed. But there had to be a reaction. I'm glad that the old, old story still causes a reaction. Oh, let me run a rabbit right here in just a minute. I'm telling you, we live in a time of preachers that are high on psychology. They've got every little old trick in the book. They can throw out every little old psychological game on the planet. I mean, buddy, they can take a little old uh, verse somewhere and then not hardly ever mention that verse again, but by the time the service is over, everybody's weeping. They got everybody laughing and crying at the same time and all them little old tricks. Uh, But I say just give me a preacher that's a gospel preacher. Amen. And just take this old book and plow through and preach a word. It still does the job. It still makes a difference. uh, And it'll still turn sinners toward Calvary. Just the preaching the word of God. I say thank God for the Bible. Hallelujah. So 
We see the reaction. That story caused them to react. But there is in this reaction, we see there has to be a resignation. Orpha, one of, uh, one of Naomi's daughters-in-law, when she got to thinking about it, she said, I just can't do it. She said, I've got relatives back home, and I've got a religion back home. And I think I'll just stay with what I've had. And I see them as they kiss and depart. Or Ruth and uh, Naomi are continuing on toward Bethlehem. Uh, and Orpha turns her back. And she goes back into uh, her old relations uh, and her own religion. Uh, I see her as she shows back up the house. Uh, maybe an elderly mom or dad uh, says, Orpha, we're glad you came home. We thought you were going to Bethlehem. She said, no. Had she pulled out one of them little trinket gods and set it up on the, up on the, pla- up on the uh, uh, mantle. Uh, and she said, you know, they've got some kind of invisible God. I'm not sure I can go after that. I can see this one. Uh, and uh, well, I'll just stay here with you, Mom and Dad, if that'll be all right. Uh, oh, my, how many times over the years uh, have I seen people that started toward Christ uh, that they got the thinking about their relatives uh, and they got the thinking about their religion uh, and for that they turned back uh, and said, I just can't go that way, but not so with Ruth. Ruth said, Naomi, wherever thou goest, I'll go. Wherever thou lodgest, I'll lodge. She said, your gods will be my God. Amen. And she started out toward Bethlehem. And you know what she did? She turned around and said, goodbye, world, goodbye. There was a resignation. Now, warning, warning, here comes old-timey preaching. Are y'all ready? This is probably going to be the... This ain't never preached on anymore. We live in this day of easy believism. Don't get me wrong. I believe it's easy to be saved. I do. I believe all you got to do is put your faith in Christ and you'll be saved. I believe that. I said, don't go out here and mischaracterize me. But I'm going to tell you, we live in a time where they say, come down here, sign a card, take an oath, make a pledge. You can get out and drink beer on Sunday, cuss up and down one side and the other, run around and live like the devil, and everything's all right. But I'm going to tell you, this Bible teaches me that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. I believe there's still a resignation nation involved. Hey, turning our back on sin. I believe there's still repentance involved in salvation and looking at our old life and saying goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. You see, Ruth couldn't live in Moab and Bethlehem. She had to choose one or the other, honey. And she looked at Moab and said, goodbye, Moab, goodbye. And she started toward Bethlehem. Now, this is interesting. I got, I, I've been trying to hurry because I got this one place I really want to preach. We see there's a resignation. But in this story, we find a regeneration. Now, now listen, Naomi and Ruth still have a problem. And the problem is they've got no home. 
They've got nobody to earn no living. All they've got is a piece of land and maybe a rundown shack where Elimelech used to live, the family land. But they have no way to make a living. They have no way to feed themselves. So in chapters 2 and 3, what you'll find is that Amen Ruth meets a wonderful man by the name of Boaz. And he is one of the greatest pictures of Christ that you'll find anywhere in the Bible. Boy, I'm, I'm fixing to do some preaching now. Hang on, Helen. Here comes some preaching. Amen. We see her regeneration. What a picture. What a picture of Christ. Now, I got to slow down. I slow down because I don't tell this story. I don't tell this story. Here's what happens. They're living in a shack. They've got this little bit of land that Elimelech's are living on uh, and they've left it and boy, it's just all run down and everything. They can't make any money. The only chance they've got is if somebody will redeem it. So you know what Ruth does? <laughs> and Naomi takes a sign, puts it up out there on the back 40 for redemption, for sale. Amen. This land is for redemption. Uh, people walking by and say, well, but here's the key. You had to be kin. That's the way the Jewish law works. See, had to be a kinsman in order to redeem. You couldn't redeem somebody's property that wasn't your kinfolk. Are y'all with me so far? Well, she got out there and see, but here's the trick. Here's what had to happen. It'd be one thing, knowing and we're going to see this in our story. It'd say, well, I'll redeem this property. Lord, I'll turn this into a farm and I'll make something out of this. But here was the catch to it. If he's going to redeem the property, you had to take Naomi. You had to take Ruth. And you even had to take Orpha. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But you had to redeem the whole family. Oh, my they said there ain't no chance this is a big farm. How in the world are we going to find anybody redeemed? But you see, there was a man over there by the name of Boaz. Uh, he'd, worked, he'd worked his way up. And boy, he's got him a real business bill. And he's a real rich businessman. And thank God he was going to be really willing to redeem. Uh, mm, uh, I'm glad one day I met a man named Jesus. He was rich, rich beyond my wildest estimation. He was not only able to redeem, but he was willing to redeem. We see the regeneration, the regeneration. The first thing that happens is Ruth finds grace. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, in chapter number two, chapter two is all about the grace of Boaz. Ruth now... She's a Moabitess. Uh, everybody that referred to her said, that's that Moabitess damsel. I, I mean, she's from the wrong side of the tracks. Uh, her skin is the wrong color. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, as she gets out in the field, they got to have something to eat. They're starving to death. Uh, and she gets out in the field uh, and she starts gathering uh, uh, some corn and some sheaves in. Uh, and she's gathering and get, trying to get a little something uh, uh, for her and Naomi to eat that night. And watch this. Uh, her hair begins to fall down. She's working in the field uh, and the sun's beating down uh, and the sweat is pouring. Uh, uh, she's from the wrong side of the tracks and now she's sweaty and now she's torn and tattered who would ever look her way but thank God Boaz looked out in that field and he said who is that damsel somebody said you talking about that old filthy Moabitish girl and Boaz said she's awfully pretty to me 
You know what that is? That's grace. That's grace. You know, when I was lost in my sin, an old hell, amen, old hell-deserving sinner, I was dirty. I was from the wrong side of the tracks. I had nothing to offer God. But one day, God looked in my direction. And he said, who is that? Oh, aren't you glad? There was grace in seeing one day. He looked my direction and said, I love him. He may be a nothing. He may be a nobody, but I love him. There was grace in seeing, but then there was grace in supplying. Oh, my, this old dirty woman, old filthy woman, it come time for lunch. They all, they all scooted up under the table. And Boaz said, come here, scoot, scoot, up, scoot up next to me. And he took that parched corn. And he reached for the parched corn. Oh, my. I'm talking about the grace of God, son. You remember the day God reached you a little parched corn? Oh, my. And then, he looked at his, and then he looked at his reapers and he said, leave her some handfuls on purpose. So the next day as Ruth's going through, hey, as Ruth's going through, uh, as she's going through the field, uh, she finds all these handfuls on purpose, uh, handfuls on purpose, uh, and she starts picking them up. Uh, you know what that was? That was the grace of God. That was the grace of Boaz in her life. Uh, oh, my. Uh, how many of you this morning could testify that the grace of God's been real in your life? Uh, you're an old hell-deserving sinner, uh, but the grace of God uh, was real in your life. And it made a difference for you. Oh, just dropping them handfuls on purpose. So there's the great, but chapter three, see, we see God's grace extended toward Ruth in chapter two, but then we see God's rest extended toward Ruth in chapter three. Chapter three, the harvest is done. In chapter three, the work's completed. And so they're all laying around on the threshing floor. And guess who's laying at Boaz's feet? You read it for yourself. It's, it's Ruth. And she's, not only is she getting grace, but she's getting rest now. And at midnight, at midnight, Boaz wakes up. And it's dark. And he says, who's this at my feet? And here's what Ruth said. He said, she said, it is thine handmaid, Ruth. I never got a hold of that. I've, I've preached through the book of Ruth a thousand times, but I never got a hold of that till this week. It is thine handmaid, Ruth. You know how it was that Ruth was able to get real comfortable? It's when she laid down on the fact that I'm his and he is mine. I thought some of y'all get right happy right there. She didn't say, she didn't say it's the Moabitess damsel, Ruth. She didn't say it's that girl you've been taking care of in the field. She didn't even say it's Ruth. She said, it's thine handmaid. Oh, she said, I'm able to rest in the fact that you're mine and I'm yours. I belong to you. Oh, I'm just going to recline and rest in the fact that I'm yours. Now, a real interesting thing happened here. A real interesting thing happened. 
She said, would you cover me? She said, would you take your skirt and throw it over me? And Boaz said, oh, I want to. But here's what he said. He said, there's a nearer kinsman. He said, I got to go talk to that nearer kinsman. <laughs> Remember, now y'all hold on. Y'all stay right calm now. Some of you ain't got no problem with that. Remember, there's a sign up in the yard that said, for redemption. Now, all that business, I'm right now done. All that business was transacted at the gate of the city. Come here. Sit. No, stand. Boaz went down there with Ruth on his mind to a gate. Goodness, I'm going to run and shout. He went to a gate with Ruth on his mind. Let me say that again. He went to a gate. I'm talking about the Redeemer. Went to a gate with a bride on his mind. Come walking by as the near kinsman. Said, oh, such a one. Sit. Let's talk. Now this is paraphrase. He said, over yonder, have you seen that sign at Limelech's house? Selling farm. You know, Naomi's come back selling a farm. Would you be interested in buying it? Well, he said, yeah. Yeah, I'll buy that farm. No problem. It's a no-brainer. Man, that's, that'll be perfect for me. So Boaz said, okay, that's fine. But now I want you to understand something. If you buy that farm, if you buy that farm, you're going to have to redeem not only the farm, but you're going to have to redeem Naomi and Ruth. And oh, yeah. There's another girl living over there in Moab. Her name's Orpha. You'll have to redeem her too. Oh, did y'all realize that? He's going to have to redeem Orpha. Was that uh, uh, she's she's in the she's in the in the family. He said, I can't do that. He said, I can't do that. Ain't no way. Because he said that'll mess up my inheritance. That'll overextend me and, and that'll mess up my inheritance. And so, Boaz said, give me a shoe. I'm not going to ask you to take them stinking boots off. Give me a shoe. That was a semblance that he was not willing to redeem. So Boaz came back from the gate victorious with the shoe. With I can't help but think about one day when our Redeemer came back victorious from the gate with the keys. Won the battle, see. Won the battle. Now watch this. Boaz comes back to Ruth. He says, I'm going to redeem you. He said, I'm going to redeem Naomi. And he's even going to redeem Orpha. You know, that lost sinner that's still down in Moab's got no excuse. The price has been paid. I got a hold of that in my study this morning. Orpha's price got paid. She didn't even know anything about it. Let me say that again. Orpha's price got paid and she didn't even know anything about it. All she'd had to have done, Brother Nils, one day, woke up and remembered that message from, uh, from Bethlehem. 
and said, okay, I'm going back to bed. And she, she'd come back into Bethlehem, slid right back into everything Ruth and Naomi had because the kinsman redeemer had paid the price. All she had to do, all that was required of her was to respond to the message. Price was paid. All she had to do is respond to the message. That's true with every sinner on this planet. The price has been paid. All they got to do is respond to the message. He didn't stop there. Watch this. Just go go over and sit down. Come here, Rachel. Sit down right here. Who else am I going to marry? (laughs) He said, he come down there and he sat down next to to Ruth and he said, going to redeem you. She said, hallelujah. He said, uh, he said, tell you what, he said, tell Naomi too that I've paid her part to take care of her. <laughs> he said, she said, okay, all right. Well, that right there, end of story, that'd been good enough, right? That's good enough, end of story. But there come a day, see, there come a day when Boaz, and I know men, Boaz had spent a little time in his bedroom pacing back and forth, trying to, trying to get the words just right. A little box and a little ring. He came walking in there where Ruth was, got down on one knee. and <laughs> said, wilt you marry me? <laughs> Wait a minute. Are y'all, are y'all, is this on? I said he got down on one knee. Said, will you marry me? (laughs) Oh, it'd have been one thing for the Lord to have redeemed us. Saved us out of hell. Thank God one day he came and proposed marriage. You see, I'm a part of the bride of Christ. Amen. Redeemed. Redeemed. And part of the bride. Heart of the bride. Heart of the bride. Oh my. What a. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I got to go back to one other thing right here before I, before I get done. I got to go back to one other thing. Boaz. Boaz. I got studying on him this week. Boaz. Why did Boaz look at Ruth and go, hmm, that's a good-looking gal, when everybody else went, huh? She's from Moab, don't you understand? Wrong side of the tracks, Boaz. Wrong color of skin, Boaz. Filthy, Boaz. Boaz said, yeah, but boy, she looks pretty to me. Where'd he learn that? Where'd he learn that? Think about this. Hey, somebody send me Samuel. Where are you at, Samuel? Samuel, come here. Mom, look here. I'm getting fixing to take you. Better write what you want. Last one, last word. Now you're gone. <laughs> this little Boaz. Y'all got any idea who Boaz's mama was? Preached on her just a few weeks ago. 
<laughs> Rahab. <laughs> Rahab. That's a, how, how, did, how did Boaz learn not to judge a woman by her being down and by her looking bad and by her being from the wrong country? Because he had gotten bounced around on Rahab's knee. And Rahab said to him, now, son, you always do right by ladies, okay? Don't you just judge a lady by where she's from. God, God's got grace for anybody, son. God, God can help anybody. It don't matter how low. It don't matter how bad they've been, son. Don't you pay any attention to that. God can help anybody. And now as a man... When Boaz looks out over that field and he sees that Moabitess woman, he said, that looks like somebody God could give a second chance to. What a picture of Christ. Aren't you glad that there's not anybody too low or too bad? But what our heavenly Boaz don't look out on the field and go, right there's somebody that I could give a second chance to. That's blessing my heart. I'm glad one day he looked my direction. He said, right there's somebody worth a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance. And now I'm in the family. Did you hear me? Now I want you, I want you to see something. Who was... Boaz is younger. Anybody remember? You want to go back to Mama? Yeah. Okay. Who was Boaz is younger? And then his? And then and then his? Huh. Huh. So what you're telling me is that Boaz by By Ruth had a kink. Oh boy, this thing's thick with the grace of God, ain't it? Oh my goodness. And ended up in the lineage of Christ. So, so far we've got a harlot and an old boy by just nobody on the wrong side of the tracks. Done stumbled right into the lineage of Christ. And we saw last Sunday night, there's one guy's name in there that don't even belong in the lineage. He was just a little old faithful Hittite. You tell me God can't save anybody. Let's stand our feet. Father, thank you, God, for helping us to preach this morning. Lord, I'm glad you redeemed me one day. I don't even know how to give this altar call, Lord. I don't even know how to give it. I just pray that you'd speak to hearts. Maybe some lost folk that need to be redeemed in the building this morning. God, you could redeem them. Maybe some saved folk that you've just reminded them of the second and third and fourth chance and how that they got redeemed and rescued and engaged to marry from the wrong side of the tracks. And they just want to get around this altar this morning and say, thank you, God, thank you for redeeming me. 
whatever it might be this morning, Lord, would you do a work in our midst? We'll thank you and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Some are already around the altar this morning. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm fixing to join them. You might just want to come and say, thank you, Lord, for redeeming me. You might be lost and say, I'm glad the good news reached me today, preacher. I don't want to die and go to hell. Get around this altar and say, oh, God, save me, save me, save me. Whatever it is, maybe you just want to come and say, oh, preacher, I want to come thank God that one day the good news reached my house. I'm glad I don't have to die and go to hell. I'm glad I've been redeemed. I'm glad that God reaches the wrong side of the tracks. Saves and redeems to the uttermost those that call upon him. Oh, great God of heaven. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you for redeeming somebody like me. Oh, God, thank you, Lord, that you're not interested just in the fancy and the famous. But, Lord, that you'll redeem the little nobodies. Oh, God. Oh, God, thank you, Lord, for redeeming me. Oh, bless us now as only you can. We'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You stay till you get done. Well, glory to God. Is that hard enough, Miss Helen? Did I preach hard enough? <laughs> all right. I want everybody to be sure and be back tonight. Don't miss tonight. The reason I say that is we've got a lot of people, like I said, gone on vacation, different things. Of course, it's our, you know, every other weekend, our shift workers are gone. But then Noah's going to preach tonight, and Gabe's going to preach tonight. Uh, Noah's going to be preaching over to Unity Baptist Church. Gabe's going to be preaching at, uh, down there where Billy Mitchell's the pastor in Lenore. And uh, so uh, you need to be in your place so there's somebody to preach to here. Be in your place. Brother Anthony's going to preach for us tonight, and I'm looking forward to hearing him. So you be sure and be in your place tonight. Come looking for something. Anybody got anything before we dismiss? Are you glad to be redeemed? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love it. Steve, do you want to? Take Miss Helen out before, or you want to wait and just do it like normal? What you want to do right here? You're good? All right, we'll just be dismissed like normal then. All I ask, you can come visit with Miss Helen. Don't get up close to her in her face. If you've been sick, been around anybody sick, know anybody sick, talk to anybody on the phone that's been sick. Don't come over here and see her. Just wave at her from a distance, all right? All right, if there's nothing else, Watch Brother Billy this